Hey, welcome everyone. This is Virginia Parsons, the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. And today we're talking about neuromarketing secrets to boost your content's results. So hold on to your hats. We'll give you a little preview and then we'll get right to the interview. This is Virginia Parsons, your hangout mentor and the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, where you know by now, if you've been with me a while, that it is my passion and my purpose to provide you, the viewer, with a gold mine of inspirational tips, strategies, and advice to help you grow your business. And it's all coming from inspirational businesswomen in the know, and every once in a while, some very powerful inspirational businessmen, because we love our men as well. So thank you so much for being here today. I know your time is valuable, and we really appreciate that you're spending some time with us here today live. And also, those of you who can catch it in replay, we're thrilled to have you here as well. Now, if you are live, let us know where you're viewing from. We really appreciate you, and we want to just acknowledge that you're here viewing live. So thank you so much. Just go ahead and type that in the comment section where you're watching this. Now, I also want you to know that we're going to have an after show over on Blab. We started today with our first pre-show over on Facebook Live. It was great fun. We're going to give you the main content right here um, on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show with the interview itself. And then we're going over to Blab because we love to hang out with our Twitter friends as well. And over there, we'll be having an extended discussion about today's guest and her knowledge base. So let me introduce her to you. Her name is Susan Joy Schlieff. She is the founder of Presentations That Sell. And shes I just love her title and the whole way she approaches content marketing. And that is she talks about it from a neural standpoint. So neural marketing secrets to boost your content's results. And 
Susan is going to tell us how she learned about this and how you can apply it in your own business. So neuromarketing tips that move prospects to action. Don't you love that? We'll be covering that first. Then we have the four core pillars of great content marketing. And finally, we have refining your message to uncover attention-grabbing benefits. So we're thrilled that you're here, and I'm going to bring Susan on in and say hi to our audience. Susan, just unmute yourself and come on in and say hi. Hi, Virginia. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> Well, I love it. I love my inspirational business and you have been, you know, we have been sort of hanging out together for a number of years now and yep, you have. have your own show, don't you, Susan? I do. Tell a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, Saturday mornings, I have Creative Marketing TV, which is a lot of fun. I do interviews and then uh, weeks in between when I don't have an interview scheduled, I do a little live training often about content creation, whether it's using PowerPoint or Canva or some other tool like that. Terrific. Well, you know, it's nice to know that we have these resources out here. And I know, you know, I do this out of love. You know, this is to give people good content. And I hope that they um, are really gaining some of the tips. You know, my whole purpose for you is to take these tips that you get every week on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show and apply them in your business. It's disappointing to me if you get great tips and then you forget about using them. So uh, Susan's going to have some great ones for us today. Now, I also want you to know that today's uh, show is sponsored by Hangout-Marketing.com, where you can receive a free Hangout Marketing Assessment. Only I've updated this assessment because of all the other wonderful live stream platforms that are out there and more are coming. So um, if you want to learn how you, know, you can use live stream broadcasting and marketing in your own business, take the assessment. It will only take a few minutes. All you have to do is text the word success to 307-269-2040. And if you're out of the country, just go to hangout-marketing.com and you can take that assessment. You might even qualify for a strategy session with me where we will sit down, look at your business, and I'll help guide you and give you some suggestions on the best ways to use live stream broadcasting to brand, grow, and market your business. So take advantage of that. Now, Susan, let's talk to the viewers about how you got into this realm and where you learned about neural marketing and content marketing. Sure. So give us some background. I will. I will. Well, I actually started on the educational side of things. My background was in education. I have a teacher's degree. And I taught grade school for a few years. I've taught at the junior college level, teaching technical classes. And in the meantime, I've taught at a lot of different companies, taught uh, you know staff training, mostly technical-oriented, like PowerPoint or different database programs. And as uh, part of my training, of course, was in how to get people to pay attention in a class and how to really meet their needs and help them absorb the content. And so I knew a lot already from that perspective. But when I began exploring having my own business, doing training, then I started learning about this whole neuromarketing research, which in many ways it dovetails the cognitive research that's been done in the educational field but it's using language that's more familiar to marketers and business people. So 
what a lot of what I did was to update the work of one of my mentors, Cliff Atkinson, who wrote a wonderful book called Beyond Bullet Points. And I studied it with him for a couple of years online. And I loved what he taught, but there was a way in which it didn't speak directly to a lot of marketers. So I've taken the newer research and figured out how that presents the ideas in ways that make more sense from a business perspective. Well, you know, bullet points are, I think, such a great way of organizing content anyway, because we are, what, we're a society that wants quick results, we want quick information, we want to cut to the chase, and yep. bullet points are a great way to do that and grab people's attention as well. So I'm assuming when you work with bullet points, that is the whole point. Well, quick information. Bullet points are great for quick information. They're easy to scan. The problem, there's nothing wrong with bullet points necessarily, and I really encourage people to use them in written content especially. The problem with using them in a slide presentation, it's not so much the bullet points, it's that you end up with too much text on the slides and too many different ideas on the same slide, and it's hard for people to focus on what you're talking about because they have all this additional information on the slide that they're busy reading instead of listening to you. So it really defeats your purpose of, of wanting people to listen to you if you put a lot of bullet points on the slides. Well, I guess it depends on what you're using. Um, if, you're, if your content is an image that people are, um, that you're putting out there, for, for instance, in social media or something like that, a picture, a mem, or something like that, yeah. And that's a little different than Definitely. it is if you are doing a presentation where you're there and you want them to pay attention to what you're saying, and then you got all this information you're supposed to be reading. That's, that's like multitasking. Yeah, that's exactly the point, Virginia. You've got it right on the head there. The, the problem is when you're trying to have people listen to a speaker, whether it's live or whether it's recorded, and you're putting all this information up for them to read at the same time reading and listening happen in the same part of the brain, in the verbal part of the brain, and it can only do one thing at a time. It can't read and listen at the same time. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> because yeah. you know when you're producing a show like this that there's so sure. many multitasks going on and I'm I'm reading comments and the people who are joining us and I'm listening to you. It's yep. a little tricky and I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I encourage people to think about too if you've ever been at a conference or a seminar or a lecture of some kind and the presenter is doing one of those things where they think they have to give you as much as they possibly can for free, and so they're turning on the fire hose of information, right? And you're trying to write notes as fast as you can. You're trying to copy down the stuff they have on the slide while they're talking about something different. You just can't do it. Your brain is going to, if you really pay attention, you'll notice you can focus on one thing or the other, but you can't pay attention to all two or three things at the same time when it's all verbal. Now, if one of those things is a picture, that's fine. You can process pictures and verbal information at the same time because they happen in different parts of the brain. Okay, I'm getting that, and I haven't heard that before, so I find that fascinating. So reading and listening happen in the same part of the brain. Right. But visual 
happens in a different part of the brain. And that's right. why if you're doing a presentation with good images that yep. reinforce what you're talking about, that's actually exactly. going to enhance the learning, isn't it? Yes, it does enhance the learning, yes. But you hit the key there, too. It does have to be pictures that support what you're talking about. If it's unrelated pictures, then it can distract and reduce the learning. So yes, you want to make sure that you can have a little bit of text on the, on the slide. What I recommend that I learned from Cliff Atkinson, he got it from other research, just use a one-sentence headline at the top of the slide, not like a two-word thing that says, our agenda, <laughs> that doesn't tell you anything. Write out a sentence that's more like a newspaper headline that might say, Today we'll be talking about neuromarketing. So that actually tells you what's happening, what's coming up next, right? And then a picture that fills up the rest of the slide. Part of the advantage of doing that is instead of trying to put all your bullet points on one slide and staying on that slide for five minutes or however long it takes you to go through all those bullets, if you have one idea on each slide, you end up changing slides much more quickly, and that is a huge advantage to keeping your audience's attention because they are stimulated by the change of scenery, and it keeps their brain paying attention to what's happening on the screen, whether it's their computer screen or a big projector screen. It keeps them paying attention. You know, I think that's really critical, too, because one of the things that I have a problem with in PowerPoint presentations and why you know that I use <laughs> something called XSplit so that if I have um, a slide next to me, I'm still there. I'm still connecting mm -hmm. because I think that um, it's really important to stay connected to your audience and the problem with slides by themselves, especially if they, as you say, contain too much content, right. um, you're, you're going to tend to have people zone out rather than stay connected to the presentation. Yep. Is that right? Yes. And what happens if you have a slide, even like the one that you just showed, that's a lot of information. You're not leaving it up there the whole time. But if you were in a live presentation and you had that on the screen while you were continuing to talk, people, as soon as that goes up on the screen, we instantly start reading it. We don't even think about it. It's just automatic. If there's text there, we're going to read it. And while we're reading all of those bullet points, the speaker has said maybe a sentence or two. We haven't heard it because we've been busy reading. Then when we finish reading, we come back to listening to the speaker and our brains subconsciously think, oh, She's talking about stuff that I already just read. They pick up their phone, they do some tweeting, they check their messages, whatever, because they've already read it, so they don't need to listen to you. And again, it's not a conscious decision. It just happens because they're not engaged at that point. Very, very important. And yes. we don't want to encourage, if we're the presenter, we do not want to encourage multitasking. No. So I, I know that people ask people not to multitask during a presentation. Um, I don't know how effective that is, but it's, a, it's, it's much a, more effective if you can figure out ways to keep them engaged instead of asking them to do it. Yep. 
Absolutely. And you know, there are ways to use the tweets and the things as part of your presentation, but that's most of the time that's not what's happening. People are doing it because they get bored. So that's the key. And that is that everything that you're doing with a presentation is with the intention that you keep them um, engaged in a that's presentation. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that's not just a one-time thing that you get them engaged at the beginning with some rah-rah quote or story or whatever. You have to keep engaging them all through the presentation because otherwise they tune out. Well, do you have any specific tips that you want to go over? Because we've got lots to cover and we're heading over to Blab in 15 minutes. So yes. I am going to let you just sort of take the floor on those tips that you really want to go over is that are going to move your viewers to take action on sure. your presentations. Let's start there. Okay. Well, the first thing to understand that helps with that is you have to understand, we've talked a little bit about the verbal processing part of the brain and the visual or picture processing part of the brain. But the other thing you need to understand is the difference between what the conscious brain does, that's the part of the brain that's very rational and can think about abstract ideas, and then the subconscious brain, which is responding to all the stimuli in our environment. It's not it's beneath our awareness most of the time but it's the one that's really in charge of what's happening and that's the part of your brain that makes decisions ultimately so you want to keep that part of the brain engaged so that when you get to the end of your presentation and you ask people to take an action or to act on your offer or to do whatever you know to opt in whatever your call to action is you want to make sure that you haven't just been talking to the rational brain the whole time, that you've also included the subconscious brain. And the things that keep that part of the brain engaged are pictures, emotions, change and movement, variety. So make sure that things get changed up on your slides as well, that they don't all look the same. Maybe you have a few that follow one pattern and then suddenly you throw one in that looks completely different. Maybe you throw in a slide that has a link to a video and you play a one-minute video that's funny and gets people sort of re-engaged. There are lots of different techniques you can use, especially in a longer presentation, to keep re-engaging your audience. One trick is to just, this works especially well if you're in a live presentation. I'm not sure how it would work in a webinar, you, if you have your uh, keyboard there where you're advancing your slides, you can just press Control B to black out your screen for a minute and have people stop looking at the slides, look at you, tell them a story or some special thing that you want their attention for, and then turn your slides back on again. So it's again, it's that variety and just shaking things up a little bit. Well, I think that you really hit something on the nail, too, when you talk about you've got to deal with the subconscious brain yes. to really engage them. Yes. Um, even though some people happen to work more out of the uh, the analytical side of their brain, right. uh, 
so many people work and respond better to emotional triggers. So yep. what you're talking about is pictures that trigger emotion, mm -hmm. words that trigger emotion, movement that keeps people emotionally involved. Yes. All of that has to do with the subconscious realms, even though they're not aware of it. Right. You're yes. And, and movement and change especially get the attention of the subconscious brain because it's how we survived for millennia was by anytime something would change in our environment, we had to stop and look at, you know, is it dangerous? Do I need to climb a tree to get away from it? Or, you know, so anything changing or movement happening is going to grab our attention, whether we want it to or not. So from that standpoint, with a live um, broadcast like you're doing, maybe I need to get these pans moving more. <laughs> you know, I'm already on my, my Swedish uh, exercise. Your ball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, could, you can always use hand motions. And one of my social media mentors uh, recommends that people use some kind of little object when they're recording a video just in front of their smartphone or whatever. You know, pick up a prop of some kind and just so they have something to look at, you know. When we're doing a live stream like this, of course, there is more to look at because you may have slides as well that you're showing or some background. But yeah, anything, you know, it doesn't have to be constant motion. If you were bouncing the whole time, people might get a little annoyed. <laughs> but <laughs> for a little variety, yes, it's fine. Or use some hand signals. You know, I do tend to talk with my hands. Unfortunately, often I'm doing it like just below the view of my camera. So I have to remember to do it up higher <laughs> so that it actually shows. Well, let's get into the four pillars. See, because you say that there are really four core pillars to great content marketing. Yeah. And content marketing is where it's at. We it have is. got to always be providing value. That's right. Um, ideas that people can act upon is what I call it as well. So right. let's talk about those four pillars. Sure. The four pillars are a system that I developed to really hit some of these key points that address the neuromarketing issues. The first one is R. It's the system I call RSVP. So the R stands for refining your message. And that has to do with making sure that it's very concise, that you're not overwhelming people with too much detail for the amount of time they have to process it, making sure that it addresses their needs that you're not just talking about what you think is important, but that you're actually solving a problem they have, right? And it also includes identifying up front who that target audience is that you're talking to. So that if it's not, uh, if somebody's not part of your audience, that serves to let them know, okay, I don't want to stay and watch the rest of this because it's not something I'm interested in. So you get rid of those people and you attract the people who do want to solve that problem. So refining the message is mostly about being concise and being clear about what you're trying to share. It's also using more concrete language and less abstract language when you can. Some topics, of course, require more abstraction. But even then, if you can use analogies that, or metaphors that help to make it more concrete, that can help or images that help to explain the abstract ideas. So uh, then we move on to the second part, which is storytelling. 
that is also another way to keep the subconscious engaged. I know speaking coaches will often tell their students um, to use little anecdotes as part of maybe to open the speech or throughout the speech. Anecdotes are great, but what I'm really talking about here is something I learned again from my mentor, Cliff Atkinson, creating a story structure, a story arc for the whole presentation where you make your audience the main character of the story. The story is about their struggle, their problem that they're trying to solve. And the arc of the story is about how they can solve that problem. So it sounds a little odd. It's one of the most difficult parts I find to explain. But I have written up uh, some information about that, actually. And that's another free offer I have that if people are interested in that, they can contact me as well uh, about how to turn your content into a story. Then we move on to the V, which stands for visual images. Everybody knows that it's important to have visual content. I hear people all the time throwing around this one of many statistics that I have in my book. The one that everybody seems to love is that our brains process images 60,000 times faster than we process text. That's true. Where people sometimes get that confused is they think then that means you should put your text on the slides and that's visual. But as we talked about earlier, reading text is not a visual task. It's a verbal task. So we're talking not just about using your eyes. We're talking about picture content not text. So I have to interject here because mm -hmm. that to me is like, um, this is a pack your bag moment for me, Susan, and I hope it is for our viewers as well, is that people process, tend to, now we're all a little, we all vary, but you just gave it, yep. tend to process images 60,000 times 60,000 times faster, yep. So uh, does that tell you something about you better be using more images in your content? Yep. That's why you see so many images over on Facebook, isn't it? And also on G+. Right. And then you're th then there are these Pinterest and Instagram. They're strictly images. And yep. so, video, uh, which not using, can be. Oh, yeah. that's right. And video, of course. And some, yeah. But some people make videos that are full of text instead. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. Not good. <laughs> yeah, not me either. Okay. But that's a back moment for me, you guys. Yeah. All right, and then for, what's the last one? And the final one is the P stands for persuasion and decision-making. I combine those two because the persuasion is what you have to do, but the goal really is the decision-making that your audience member has to do. You want to help them make a good decision. And if you're coming at your sales and marketing from the perspective I learned from my sales coach, Eric Lofholm, that's about being of service to your potential clients. And so it's not that you want to want them to come to a decision that's going to help you because they buy your stuff. You want them to come to a decision that will help them solve their problem. That may also mean that they buy your stuff. But it may not mean that if that's not the best fit for them, right? 
Yeah, so, I think that's a really important point yeah. because it is when you are providing content, you're also doing it with an intention, I believe, of providing service. That's right. Say, of helping solve someone's problem. And of course, right. that's who you're going to attract, isn't it? That's if right. what you're the content you're providing is addressing a pain point or a, a place of struggle or an issue that someone has been trying to solve for some time they're going to know and they're going to be ready to make that decision if you're providing good quality content. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And then you also benefit from that if they see that you have solutions for them. But really, if you can come from a place of offering that out of service to them, you're going to get better results. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's go on to number three, refining your message, because I think you were basically talking about this anyway. Refining your message to uncover attention-grabbing yes. benefits. Yeah, and I mentioned some of that, but let me go into that a little bit more. Um, like I said, really the most important thing initially is to identify who are those target potential clients that you want to talk to. People early in their business may have a tendency to say, well, I can help anybody. But one of the things I learned from the Dan Kennedy folks is that if you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to no one. Because when you address this as like, I, this is for everybody and you don't identify who it's for, then nobody feels drawn to listen to you because you're not speaking directly to them. So you want to make it as narrow a target audience as you can, as specific as you can, and then you want to use language as you develop your content, whether it's the opening of your video or the opening paragraph of a blog post, whatever it is, a book. You want to make sure that you are calling out who this is for. So those people then have, a, again, a subconscious response that says, oh, they're talking to me. I need to pay attention to this. They don't think that. It just happens subconsciously. And you well, can you're getting back into the emotional content. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're connecting to them. You're connecting to their pain, to their That's need. Right. And yep. as a result, they're going to pay attention. That's right. And then you can take that a step further even and really emphasize the pain, um, a number of different marketing kind of... Uh, systems talk about that you know you identify the problem then you agitate the problem before you solve it right part of the reason you want to do that is because we're all so good at suppressing that pain that we're dealing with with whatever problems we have in our lives we we don't think we're ever going to find a solution and so we just learn to stuff the pain and ignore it so even though people may subconsciously say oh, that sounds interesting, I think I'm going to watch this, the more you can get them in touch with their own pain about that problem, the more they're going to be ready to take action at the end of your presentation. Does that make sense to you, Virginia? Yeah. That's the key, yeah, is that, you know, provide good content, provide something that's going to solve a problem, a specific problem for a specific group of people, right. and then you don't really worry about the action because it, it's going to happen automatically, right? Right. It's not that you, you don't have, to, in other words, I love this because you don't have to sell. There's nothing that's you have right. to sell. Instead, right. you come from a point or a place of providing 
providing yeah. value, solving problems, giving tips, just like you've done today. These are great tips, and I hope everyone's going to be taking advantage of them. Susan, we're going to have to head over to Blab, but yes. before we do, I want everyone to know that if you want to pick up Susan's um, gift, you can do so by going to hmtips.com forward slash Susan's gift or Susan gift. And I am I'm also typing it in. It's already been typed into the um, comment section of the uh, live broadcast and the replay. So uh, Susan, do you have any final words before we come go on over to Blab that you want to share with people? And what are we going to do over to Blab, by the way? Well, I'm assuming that partly we're going to answer questions if anybody has some, which I'd be happy to do. If you want more clarification about some of the things I've shared or if there are things that I didn't bring up that you would like to know about, because obviously there's a lot more to say about all of this. But thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this today, Virginia. It's something that I'm really passionate about. I've loved having you here, Susan, and I know there's so much more. I mean, you just can touch the surface. Content marketing is huge, and it better be a big part of your business going forward. So come on over, and let's chat with Susan over on Blab. And here's the address, hmtips.com forward slash ibwsblab22. And, of course, if you can't make it live, there's a recording over there as well. But come on over, say hi to us, bring your questions about content marketing. I have a feeling we can get a few more tips out of Susan over there. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Let's head over to Blab, and we'll see you there. Thanks so much for coming and watching the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. Have a great week. We'll see you next week as well. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.